All right. Good morning, everybody. Hey, it's the Rennie Dole Podcast. We've got a special guest with us. We'll get into uh, introducing uh, Chris has got quite the bile in this guy. Somebody I've known uh, for many years in the industry. And uh, Clyde, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Rennie. Doing good. Right on, man. So, hey, Chris, what's on the uh, – hey, Clyde, you don't know. Uh, Chris always wears these different shirts, and I'm kind of jealous. Yeah, today is a, uh, a Toyota Land Cruiser pickup truck. That's awesome, boy! Could you imagine? A little, little muddy. If you could imagine, could you imagine owning that right now? What that thing would be worth? Oh man, yep, dude. Yeah, That's they do awesome. all right. So, uh, for those that don't know, we uh, we took started a kind of a new series. Is Chris and I are, you know, we we're just not into detailing. Is really into cars, and as you can see, Chris always has a a different shirt on. So, we started a new series called the Double Black Lifestyle. And uh, Chris introduced. What were you doing to your? You did. You're doing something to Cougar with your the wheels, right? Yeah, I got some. I got some new wheels for the old Cougar, and uh, I had to test fit them because I thought they weren't going to fit. Did they fit? Was, uh, you know, it's like literally that much clearance from the uh, one of the suspension parts, so they fit. Really? So, so I got a set of tires to go on them. They're supposed to show up today. So are, are they made, are they retro or are they, what are they? The wheels are, um, they're retro style. They're, they're a Magnum 500 style wheel from the sixties, but they're, they're a non retro size. They're 16 inch, um, oh, diameter, wow. eight inch wide. So a little bigger. Wow. Interesting. So, All right. So he, he did a cool video kind of, you know, showing that, uh, that was cool by the way. And then, uh, I, you know, Claude, how old are you? I will be 63. In, in a couple of weeks, on the 16th of April, actually, my birthday is coming up. I'll be 63. Happy birthday, brother. Thank so, you. You know, we live in the era where bicycles was huge. <laughs> and, you know, a set of wheels, man, when you're a kid. So I had a, you know, I had a BMX bike when BMX first came out. And I, I went back and spent, you know, some stupid money and bought an old BMX bike that I had. Almost exact same bike as I had as a kid that got ripped off when I was 14. Uh but I, I got it in the shop. I put it back to all back together this week, and I kind of filmed a little bit, you know, of that. And uh, so, anyway, tune tune into that. So, so hey, today's uh, uh, podcast brought by a couple special companies, uh, of course, PNS. We want to thank them. Now, they're, Chris, they're dropping some products lately, man. I mean, they're they're dropping some products. We had Legend Coating come out, and Le Legend and uh, and some pints of uh, View. Yeah, so we've got TrueView, uh, Window Cleaner, and then we had heard a lot of people asking about they wanted kind of a trial size because dynamic dressing is a, a dynamic dressing. It's kind of a an all-purpose. I use it mainly for interiors, but it, it will work. It works really well. I do it, but it might be uh, if you're not if you're not real choosy about your 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 dressings. Uh, a lot of people thought it was a little expensive to get into, so we. We came out with the pint sizes, and it's four to one, and we're going to be doing a video on how to use both of these, but we're all pretty excited about that. So um, we want to thank PNS for coming in and underwriting this, making it possible to get cool dudes like this on the show. So, Chris, you've got a pretty cool, uh, you got a pretty cool bio on this dude. So <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit, nothing too fancy, but uh, you know, today today we got the one and the only uh, uh, Claude Harris Jr. Right, the junior is important, right? Yes. Um, he he is the OG detailer, and uh, he's the owner and operator of uh, Final Appearance Detailing and Protection, which is out here in Southern California in Santa in Santa Fe Springs. So um, Cla Claude's been detailing for like thirty years almost. I know uh, you'll probably get into what you started out of the the trunk of your uh, I think it was a Caprice. Yes. Classic, you said, but um. And uh, but the other cool thing is uh, Claude is the uh, 2019 IDA Detailer of the Year, and uh, you know he wasn't able to attend Mobile Tech when uh, he got the award, so I was lucky enough to be able to bring it back for him and deliver it to him. That's so really that was cool. fun. Yeah, that, that was really that was, cool. Yeah, that was the last time I got to see you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all this stupid little thing called COVID. You know, in yep. a, between in between 2019 and God knows you know when. Um, you know, it's they, they're saying that it's getting back to normal, but I guess it is because I was down the hill yesterday. The cranky drivers are definitely back. <laughs> uh, and people, man, I mean, I, I, you've, you've, you've driven with me. I'm no sissy driver. Dude, people are crazy. And, and, you know, I got a car that can handle speed. 
these people are in like Dodge Neons driving like they've got a you know 911. That's uh, right. You know, and yep. it's like, dude, that thing's gonna disintegrate. Uh, it, it's gonna be like a grenade going off because all the parts are gonna hit everybody on the freeway. Uh, <laughs> that thing, you know, it's crazy. So, so before Claude gets into uh, to introduce, I'm gonna introduce him a little bit. So. You know, I'd watch this guy in the early days online, and it was always a class act. And one of the first things, and we'll get into it later uh, in, in the show, was that I picked it up that he's a, he was a true man of faith. And uh, he wasn't scared to talk about his faith, and uh, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't uh, scared to show his faith, but he lived his faith. That's the first thing I noticed, that he lived his faith. Um, the other thing was, is he's not a sissy boy faith guy. Is that this is a cool dude, man? And uh, you know he is. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's those guys out there that I won't pick on. I won't pick on anybody. But there's just guys. I don't know. You're you're a manly man, and I dig that because you're not afraid to say how you feel, and and you're not over boisterous. You don't judge people. And and then the other thing I noticed is the deals. The dude's a realist. Is that you know he kept it real with his business and his career. We're gonna get into that right now. But uh, I'm really proud to have him on. I'm really I'm proud to call him a friend. And every time we see each other, we always have a good time. So, uh, Claude, welcome, buddy. Tell us about it. Hey, thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So let's go back. And, okay, so we're going to start out with, with, with Claude Harris Jr. So it's an important part. Tell us why that's important. Um, well, you know, um, I'm my father is a senior. He's 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 passed now, but he's uh, you know that's I got the name and I was carrying on uh, the legacy. So my actually my son is the third. Oh wow! But I think it's gonna stop there because one he he just had a little. I have another grandchild, which is his first child, and it was a it's a girl. Yeah, it is a girl. I said it was a girl. It is a girl. And uh, and he's the last. He's the last one. He's the one that's gonna be able to carry my name on. So whatever he does, <laughs> if he doesn't have a son, then you know, it's God's not a horrible name for a girl. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it'd be different. I mean, my my daughter's name is Darren. My middle name, you know. Okay. I mean, you know, I mean, you can make it happen. Oh yeah, and and it can always be Claudia. Yeah, Claudia. See, that's exactly it. You can change yeah. it and then. You know, yeah. See, I, we, yeah, we got to get with your son and sell him on this stuff, man. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. So, where, where'd you where'd you grow up, man? I grew up in New York City. Wow. So, what? How old were you when you came out west? I came out west in 1976. Oh, um, so you're you're young. You're young. I was still young. I was what six six about seventeen. Yeah. Something like that. It's so funny because I was listening to Jace and I didn't know that he originally came from New York as well. And then he went to Antigua, but yeah. That's yeah. Right. So 1976, Southern California. Woo. Pretty freaking cool spot, man. man. It was, you know, just to, just to make you guys feel old. I was born in 1976. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why they call me the OT. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So that part of Cal Southern California wasn't cool, but hey, Clyde, back to it. The rest of it was cool, except for Chris, you know, being hey. you know, you know just yeah. Keep, so yeah. You, you, so you get in SoCal, man. I mean, I want yeah. those that didn't. I mean, I just like Chris. He missed out on it, but I mean, those were just some freaking yeah. cool times, right? Yes. I mean, we just. I mean, it was just. I don't. I don't even know how to put it. I mean, it was the bicentennial. Remember that? I mean, yes. You know, and 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 I don't know. It was just like everything was popping, you know, and it was just, everybody got along. I think you know, yes. we just didn't have a lot of the crap going on that we have now. And and I just you ever look back and you look at the world and go, what the? What happened? Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. it's like, man, you know, the I mean, it's like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not because we're aging. It's because shit screwed up. You know, <laughs> it's just like wow, what the hell? It's funny. It's funny, like when I came and then when we came, it's funny because my the way we got out here is my mom had a friend and she came out and visited one year. I don't remember what it was. It might have been like maybe in the 70s. She came out on vacation and then she came back to New York. She said, we're moving to California. We're going like, yeah, right. Yeah. And then lo and behold, 
that five years or six years went fast. And she said, well, I have a plane ticket for you and you can either come or you can stay here with family and do what you're going to do. And I was in, you know, just finishing high school and I was like, what do I got to lose? It's like, so we pulled up stakes. My mom was a single parent. She was raising us. I mean, she worked hard. She did a lot of things and she uprooted us, man. And I tell you, it's the best thing. When I think when I go back home and I see people that are still there, still just like never got out of that bubble. I just thank God that that she made that move, man, because I, I wouldn't be where I am today if she didn't if she didn't make that move. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So now where were you in New York? Where'd you grow up in New York City? I grew up uh, in, St in Staten Island, which was a little small part. Yeah. Um, but I was I was uh, I lived in Brooklyn for a while. So I kind of I kind of try to rep that 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 part of it because uh, my wife is sitting here and she's originally from new york and uh she's from the bronx and oh. it, and in in new york they don't recognize Staten Island as a borough because we're yeah. so small but it was a cool place because it was kind of like a suburb and it was a city within a city and i really just you know just growing up on the east coast man it just had a whole nother flavor when it was coming up man we you know we played basketball and back and back then it was like the projects were like new. It was a new thing. And it was like a little world. And you know, you had all these friends, you did all these things, you, you know, kind of stayed out of trouble. We didn't have, you know, we didn't have we had little cliques that we ran around with, but we didn't have no gangs or anything like that. And just yeah, so it was a different life. Man, that's that you know, it, it, I mean, look at I mean, dude, you you got best of both worlds. So here's a tie. So my grandpa my 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 great um my grandmother, no, great grandmother, when she came over from Italy, she was pregnant with my grandpa. They landed in New York, naturally, from Italy. So mm -hmm. my grandpa uh, came over. Uh, they, they landed in New York and then moved to Pennsylvania. And then they came out west. He was the same age as you. He's 16 uh, when he came out. And so wow. Tyler too. They, but they, they went to Chicago and stayed for a few years. And then they came out west from there. So they kind of made progression. But, you know, so much, so much of our roots, you know, come from – the East Coast, so it's kind of yeah. Cool. Yeah, my my grandmother actually, my grandmother is from the West Indies, and oh, she came through Ellis Island. She came on a boat when she was like fourteen years old. Damn. And that's how it and that's how it started, man. And she, I mean, literally, she has her name on Ellis Island. She has, you know, how they have all the names printed out. Yeah, they yeah. passed through. They passed through Ellis Island, man. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you, the, the Italians, man, they were big. They were man, in New York, man, yeah. all that. And that, that they became famous, you know, became famous for so much food. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is our, our surname, you know, is my mom. Okay. Surname. And so they came out of there. So, so hey, so, so introduce yourself and, you know, your background, where you're from and stuff. But how, how so you just come out here. How'd you get into detailing? I mean, let's, let's go into that. Okay. So, um, the detailing thing came about when um, right around, um, I've always had a love for cars. Um, coming up as a teenager, man, we t you know, me and, my, me and my buddies, we used to tinker with cars and stuff like that. And just was always kind of wanted to be around that thing. Well, back, and also too, you know, talk about riding bikes. We used to ride bikes back then. I remember having a Swin Stingray. Oh, yeah. oh man, it was like, you know, and then we got into the 10 speeds and we used to ride because back then, you had to be old. We didn't have a lot of cars because you had, you know, we had mass transportation. So cars weren't like we weren't like 16, 17 getting our licenses. We were like riding our bikes and and kind of doing things like that. So um, but the detailing thing came because I had I had a love for cars. So um, when I came to California, I started my family, had things going on. And then around the 80s, the, the cocaine thing hit. The whole cocaine wave hit and, you know, uh, had a lot of issues with the, the mother, my kids and all that kind of stuff. So I wound up, my mom, she wound up relocating because we, when we moved to the IE, we was in Montclair, Ontario, Pomona. Wasn't, I was like, that, didn't even know it, but it was right down the street from Rennie. Yeah. But Montclair, Ontario, Pomona, we wound up being in that area for a long time. And then when, um, right around when the cocaine hit and stuff like that i wound up being a single parent i wound up relocating to long beach because my mom was like look come down here i'll help you with the kids 
you know, so and so forth. So at that point, my my oldest daughter, my my sister said, you know what? Hey, I'm going to step in and help you because my oldest daughter was around 12. My son was around eight. And then my youngest was like five or six. Mm. So she wound up going to the East Coast. My sister pretty much raised my oldest daughter. And to this day, she's married and lives on the East Coast, married to an officer. But she um, so the family got breaking up. I was I had to come down. My mom helped me out. So I was I went on that path of trying to find me some work. So I'm going here, going there. That's when the computer things were big. And I did all of these different things. And then one day my mom said, you know what, why don't you just go back to school and, you know, just try to do something. So I went to Long Beach City, got in there, started taking some general ed classes. And one day I was walking past the counseling place and I saw a business and I said, man, I always wanted to start my own business. I grabbed the paper. And I looked at the courses and the first course I took was introduction to entrepreneurship and sitting in that class, the instructor, one of the things he said, he says, you know, a lot of times businesses are start from hobbies. And I was like, hmm. I said, what do I like to do? And I said, well, I'm always, you know, washing cars on the weekend here and there and being around cars. I started to do the research. I looked and then right around then this would, this would be around the nineties when I was, when I finally made that track, it was around the nineties. So mobile detailing was, you know, just kind of getting on the rise. And I started looking at how many cars were in California, people were getting busy. So then I started to look into it. And next thing I know, it's like, yeah, people are going to job sites and mobile was the thing. It was an easy startup, low startup. And then I started to just, like I said, I started to do my research. I started to look and fortunately I was, taking business classes. So it helped me as far as demographics and doing a little bit of homework before I got into it. And I looked and I said, man, this is going to be, I think I can, I can do this. So that's how it started for me. And, um, wow. yeah, that's how it started. So let's talk about, um, slow roll. I, I already know the answer to this one. Uh, <laughs> So, and I'm setting us up because I want people to listen to this. OG for a reason, right? OG for a reason. Is slow roll startup or rapid growth? You know, what 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 pathway did you take in 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 your detailing career? Slow, slow roll. Yeah, and why was that? What was your decision? Because you still you've got it. <clears throat> you've got a career that you balance with detailing, correct? Yeah. Yes. So, you know, today, and I think that you'll just kind of going off script a little bit, but. I, I, I see a lot of these people and they'll see, you know, we always, Chris and I always remind, remind people, Hey man, you see the shop that we've got. We're blessed. Uh, this is overnight success, 30 years in the making, <laughs> you know, and so, I love that. So people see, you know, and listen, man, bigger is not better. We ran a, uh, I ran a million dollar operation out of a 1200 square foot shop, but you see now the tendency is, you know, all these guys of getting, you know, Viagra in their system and they, they see these big shops and everybody wants a big shop, but you, then you got to pay for it. You got to pay everything you know associated with it going big. Yes. And so what was your kind of principle of kind of, you know, you stayed mobile for a long, how, how long were you, have you been mobile? Wow. I have been, I got the shop this actually, uh, I just got a reminder from my uh, tenant or my, my, the place that I'm at right now. And I just did, I just finished a two year lease. Wow, so I'm re I'm do, redoing it. So I think it was 2019. Wow. I, so from to, from 1992 when I started in the trunk of my '79 Caprice Classic <laughs> to 2019, I was mobile. Damn, that's all. I was mobile. And 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 you know, <clears throat> it it it's a lot of people who look at that. First off, Southern California, we got the weather for it. You yes. know. We got the environment for it. And, you know, I, I won't say that Southern California was the birthplace of mobile detailing, but it was probably, it was, it was probably the garden of Eden for, mm -hmm. you know, mobile detailing. Uh, a, just because we got the environment for it, you know, we got the weather and everything else. And so let, let's talk about, you know, going out of your trunk. What was the progression? And so you started out in 92, you're working yeah. out of the trunk, you got this idea, you got this dream and you know, what was your motivation? What, 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 why'd you say, Hey, I want to do my own thing. Well, I, I had to, um, I was looking for something to, not something to do, but to try to take care of my family. So I started the detailing, started in my trunk of my car, 
and it was working. It was it was going good. So I started to, uh, you know, just start to work the business. Next thing you know, I finally moved up and got a van. I started picking up some accounts here and there. And probably I don't want to I want to say maybe maybe about a year, maybe about a year, maybe two years into it. I stopped and I was like, I'm going to be a car washer. And not that it was a bad thing, but I stopped and I said, okay, I'm either going to have to break down, get a business plan, get some, get some rigs out here. And I, I, cause I kind of looked at it right away and I said, okay, I got to get a uh, rigs for taking care of the, uh, the fleets and, you know, set up something for detailing because I, I started noticing, okay, the car washing is the bread and butter. That's where you're making your money. And I, you know, I, so I'm, you know, I'm steadily doing it, but then I started noticing that I couldn't do detailing because now I got into it because I wanted to detail, but I couldn't detail cars because I was so busy running around washing cars. So something told me to put the brakes on it. And this, and it kind of co coincides with my, faith and my walk because I I got saved in 1992, gave my life to Christ in 1992, and I started my business pretty much simultaneously. So that's where I started. They, they tell you in church, you know, being, being new in church, they say, man, you got to give everything to God. You got to give your business, your life, everything to God. If you need something, ask God for the plan. Well, I took that advice. I asked God for the plan. And that's when he said, get a job, get a good job to take care of your family. You can have benefits for your kids because literally, man, I was like, I, you know, I was on, the, I was even like trying to get assistance for a minute because I was a single parent, didn't have a job, anything. And I'm going like, well, this is not me. I mean, I, I, I got to grind it out. I got to make it happen. Take care of these kids. Cause you know, and, and also too, a single parent, man is that was kind of that was kind of rare you know what i mean and we didn't get the love that you know that probably we should have got but neither 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 here or there it's like i'm gonna take care of my kids because that's the way that i was brought up to do so um i looked into uh doing some other things in the business and then i said you know what i asked god for the plan he said get a job so i said okay so I put I put the brakes on the detailing for a little while, slow and roll, and then I started to work on the career. I and I wanted to find something. When I asked him for the plan, he says, "Get a good job and then build your business, build it slow." And I said, "Okay." So I started to do that. Got started looking for my career. What could I do that I can work around this thing where it's going to benefit me to start building this business slow? Well. It came to be that it was in the custodial, in the custodial business, gen, you know, maintenance, because, it, you know, after I started doing my research and found out that, hey, at the schools, you know, they're, they're making, they're, they're, you know, they're making good money. And so I did a little bit of research, found out that the college, uh, the, 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 um, the colleges, the community colleges was the ticket because they worked, they were there at night and everybody was cleaning late. So I said, this would be perfect. I can work at night and then in the detailing, I could do my detailing in the daytime. So I started to do, you know, do my thing, praying, you know, getting everything set up. Lo and behold, I wind up in 1999. This is, and this is through like several jobs. I even had a job where I worked at a janitorial place and was almost a nightmare. They used to go and clean this, tell you how long ago, we blockbusters. They used to do blockbusters and Starbucks were just starting up. Went to that place, worked there for about a year because it was a terrible kind of situation. But I got enough experience to where I could go to the college because they wanted you to have about six months experience. Went in as a sub custodian and the rest was kind of history, man. I started there and I looked and I said, oh my goodness, this is the land of milk and honey. Man, they're paying you good money. They got benefits, retirement. I'm going like, okay, this could be a good thing. So then I started to work on the business. 
um, slow. I was doing it on the weekends then because that's, you know, I was started out on the weekends when I was doing the other jobs. But then when I went to the night shift, I started to uh, have to figure out how I was going to adjust my body, my time, because typically when you work a, a graveyard, they call it graveyard for a reason. But typically when you uh, work a graveyard, you get home, you go to sleep and you're sleeping for half the day. Well, I started to really put this plan together. I said, look, I need to do something in the daytime. I need to get the best bang for my buck or my time. So what I would do, and I, and, I, and I tell people sometimes, a lot of it became mental. Some of it became mental. Because I used to tell myself, when you work a regular job, you go home. You don't go to sleep, right? You go home, you have dinner, do whatever, and then you go to sleep, right? Well, I started thinking the same way. I said, why am I going to go home and go right to sleep, right? I need to stay up. So I, at one time, I started going to the gym. I started working out. And when I finally kind of got this thing figured out, I got it to the point where I started to figure out that I would live on power naps. So I incorporated and I, I got my body pretty much, my body and my mind to start working on power naps. So I would, when my schedule got pretty steady at work, it wound up being that I would come home in the morning, sleep for about three hours, get up about nine. I wouldn't set any appointments until 10 o'clock, but this set me up. Now I'm not a car. I, when I went back and started doing it more, I wasn't a car. I didn't have to car wash. So that was out. So now I just focused on detailing. Now I'm like, okay, I'm focusing on the detailing. I, I go out, I do a detail and I come home. So I started. And um, the other way I started to get, that way is that um, on the detailing side, I started to think, hey, I wanted to be detailing and I used to go around, like I cut my teeth on McGuire's because mm -hmm. they're around, because that's when I started, you know, he said, he oh, the other thing he told me was to work on your skill set. And I got, and, and, and I got the skill set though, when I started going around to McGuire's, I was going to the, um, the, open garages and the different things. And then I started meeting the other detailers. Well, when I would come around them and, you know, back then, Randy, you know, a lot of them had egos and they didn't want to share stuff. So when I'd be talking to them, they was like, Hey, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm mobile, but I'm just part-time. And they go like this. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah you're just a shade tree. Yeah. And I want to say I got discouraged maybe for a, a split second. Because I, then I said, you know what? I went back to God and I was asking more about the plan. He said, son, check this out. Work on your skill set. You work on your skill set and it doesn't matter if you do it for an hour or if you do it for a living. You work on your skill set and they won't be able to touch you. And I was like, okay. So then I, I got on this quest to get, to get educated, to get skilled. Every time there was a seminar, every time something was open here and there, I was there. I was in the face of people and I was picking their brains. I would pick it until they didn't let me pick it anymore. I go to the next guy. You know, all of a sudden he stopped. He said, oh, well, I don't know. But OK, that's fine. I wouldn't, you know, shake his hand, make it, you know, keep that relationship, whatever, with everybody. And then that's how I started to go. Then I started um, just really, really getting my my education and my skill set said you, 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 you bring up a great you bring up a great topic and that's stop on a car washer is that we had a young entrepreneur i was talking to not too long ago in class and you know you can trap yourself in that real quickly and and i'm not saying that hey man i know it i know it pays the bills but there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it and too many people get caught up in that and before they know it they're 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 making minimal money per hour because they're they're taking and concentrating on cash flow to keep them alive instead mm -hmm. of services that can make them wealthy. And so 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 now take us from you, you go into a shop. Mm -hmm. What so two years? What's been some of the realities? What's if you had to go back and tell yourself two years ago what you know about about having a shop? A, do you wish you would have done it sooner? Uh, and then B, uh, what's some of the realities of it that you could share with others? 
Okay. So the uh the shop, and to be honest, I really I never I really never kind of wanted a shop. Mm-hmm. Um I was having fun with mobile. Um I was like I was like a hardcore mobile. I love the fact that that you could do all of these different things, all these techniques that you had to do to make a car look nice in the environment. I used to get I used to get off on that because it's like, yeah, man, let me let me make this black car look like fabulous out there, you know. So so I didn't really it it didn't really um, it didn't really I wasn't really looking for the shop. It was it was kind of like a progression with the coatings and everything starting to come. And I was I've always kept this business. This has always been the business has always been a passion. And that was the thing too with the car washing and and the way that I kind of built this thing is I always wanted to keep it a passion, not knocking the big shops and everybody getting these things and they got 15 cars in there. I used to, you know, I used to never bother me and never got jealous because look, I'm in this to make when I finally figured it out, I say, look, I'm here to make cars look nice one at a time, one car at a time. I'm okay with that. I'm fine. I don't have to be. I don't have to be this. I'm not here for the fame and all that kind of stuff. I want to have fun. I want to meet some guys and just make cars look nice. So the shop was like never even like on the radar until the coding started to come. And then when the coding started to come, I jumped on board and I didn't take that because you know how we are. We're like, oh, what's that? that that's not going to work. And, and, and the first thing that most of the guys in the industry say, oh, why am I going to code a car? And you know, charge them a thousand dollars, and then I'll never see them again. I'm going like, uh, that's not really that. You shouldn't be thinking that way. But because of you know, and I found out in the industry because we have so many people coming from so many different walks of life, blue collar guys that know how to work, don't know how to work, whatever. You get all these people, and the, their mentality is kind of like that's what really hurt us. I guess the business not having any business savvy is what hurts a lot of the guys coming in. Sometimes they fail. So then I st- the coding started to come. I started doing them in my garage. And, um, you know, I was, you know, doing them in my garage. People were coming to my house, whatever. I started doing it. Well, it got to the point where I started having cars coming straight from the dock and parked in my driveway. I got Austin Martins parked on the street. And I'm going like, okay, I'm either, and I had to make a decision. Okay, I'm either going to continue to do this or I'm going to just like stay mobile and just, you know, because at that time there wasn't really any codings that you could use mobily because everything had to be, you know. So I was like, okay, I'm going to follow and I'm listening to God and kind of doing my thing at the same time. And I said, okay, let me keep going. So what I did, I started to research about shops, what it would take and what was going on. And at that time, there was a lot of day. If you were working on cars, if you had, these different things, they had all these restrictions. So I kind of learned my chops. I would go out, I had a broker person take me around to different places here and there. And they go, oh no, you're, you're, you're detailing. Oh no, you gotta wash cars. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. So it kind of it kind of popped my bubble a little bit. I said, ah, okay, I think I'll wait. So what I did is I took one year and I said, you know what? If I make, if I do one coding a month for a whole year, I said, because I'm thinking in my mind, like basics, right? I said, I can handle a shop, you know, because they were, you know, $1,500,000 a month. So I said, okay. I took my time. I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to, if I can make $1,000 a month for straight for 12 months, I'll consider it. Went the whole 12 months. It did fine. I was even, I I even passed it. I was doing one to two a month. I said, okay, it's doing pretty good. Went out, looked again to see about getting a place, and it was here and it was there. Nah, we we don't like, we don't want to do this, we don't do that. And I said, okay. I even try, you know, tried to get a place, and they kind of shut me down. I said, okay, no problem. Then I said, you know what? I'm gonna take another year. Let me take another year and see if I can't ramp this thing up some more. I said, okay, I want to do two to three a month for a year, and if I can do that, then I'm gonna, I'm just going for it. So then second year came and then I was doing two to this is now the, the codings have starting now because, you know, 2013, 2014, 
it was kind of okay. When it got to around 16, 17, 18, that it, the coney just started getting it started getting hot. Man, I was I was and I was turning two and three and four a month. And I was like, okay. And then I just told myself mid-year, I said, uh 2019, spring of 2019, I'm gonna pull, I'm gonna pull the trigger. And when I went around to all the other places, like I said, I got my my bumps from these places and I knew what to say. So when I went, I said, oh no, I'm only doing aesthetics. I'm only doing, you know, because I was only doing coatings and I was doing clear bra. This is only aesthetics. And it it started to work. And lo and behold, when I made that, I said, you know what, spring of 2019, I'm going to pull the gun. And it all came together. I'm talking like I can almost walk to my house. And it's between, yeah, and it's between it's between my home and my job. It's like it's perfect, and it's a clean park because some of the parks we went to, they have potholes. They said, "Man, I got some high end stuff coming." It's like I can't have my clients coming here. And uh, like I said, after time and after research, I find I mean I found the perfect place. And it's funny because when they were doing when they were when they were vetting me. They kept, we had this long trail of this email and they're going back and forth and back and forth. And one day he called me, he says, Claude, he says, you know what? The reason why we're doing all of this research on you. And I felt, and it was so, I felt it was so good and so honest because a lot of business people, they don't do this. They said, the reason why we vetted you like that, we want to make sure if we pull you into our park, that there's no restrictions that's going to stop you from making money. Wow. I was like, Wow, because he says, you know what? Some of these parks, they'll take you in. Then all of a sudden, they come by. Hey, you can't be washing that car, or you can't be taking that engine out. And now you're out of here. And I was like, wow. I said, you know what? I appreciate that. He said, man, we've been looking on. We've been looking at your website. We see that you still do detailing. Going like, yeah, because they were worried because there was no water hookups and stuff like that. I said, yeah, I still do. I still do detailing and stuff like that. And they said, yeah. Okay, well, if that's not good, if you don't have any more restrictions, we're ready to pull the plug. We're ready to do it. And I'm going like, oh my goodness, I'm getting, I'm getting ready to get this shot. And what it, it kind of boiled down to them with their water situation because they didn't want to have to set something up for me and all of that kind of stuff. So I said, so while while it was open, I said, well, uh, you know, um, I have my own self-contained because I have my mobile unit. I said, I got my own self-contained water. They said, you do? And I said, yeah. I said, yeah. So this I said, does that mean I can detail cars? And they said, yes. They said, we have guys coming around here all the time, just washing cars and doing stuff like that. And I said, oh, okay, well, cool. So I kind of ran with it. Um, you know, of course, I, you know, I have a low pressure system in my van, so I don't, you know, run off and all that is is a thing of the past for me for a long time ago. So I I do a combination of um, O and R and my low pressure. I get the car wet like a like a spring shower. And owing all that bad boy and keep it moving. Yeah. And, uh, and now you got the added uh, the added bonus that uh, your neighbors don't think you're a drug dealer anymore with Aston Martin's parked on the street. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that's a funny story. So I remember Claude, I, I, we built a we built a house in uh, in Idaho, and and it was a it was a pretty nice neighborhood, a lot of doctors and attorneys and stuff, and uh, all the houses had different builders. And I remember. You know, I, I was, I just turned 40 and, uh, I I'm sitting there and the, the, the smallest, this will give you the neighborhood, the smallest footprint you could have is 3,500 square foot house. Okay. Well, they're pretty nice houses. Man, that's well, nice. I, I'm enjoying a cigar one day and this guy comes up to me and I, I knew who he was. He's an, he was an oral surgeon and he goes, uh, so Rennie, what do you do? And I take a puff of my cigar and I go, I'm a detailer. And he kind of looks over my shoulder. And he looks at my house, and I take another puff, and I go, I'm really good at it. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, I had some pretty nice rides and stuff like that. And, and I swear to God, all of our neighbors, like, thought we were, like, drug dealers, you know. Coatings <laughs> are just coming into play. This is, you know, 2005 is when we built 5-6 is when we built our 6-6, six, six, 2006. But uh, that's funny that Chris says that. So, um, you know, we talked a lot about faith. I mean, it's obvious that you you live by your faith, you work by your faith. Um, so, hey, hey um, detailing success takeaways. So this is the time, Claude, we're going to ask you some of the really takeaway uh, questions. 
that we want to take and lay down some wisdom uh, for these entrepreneurs, young or old, doesn't matter. But before we do that, Chris, we got somebody uh, that's kind of underwritten today. And a matter of fact, I saw that he was on. It's kind of cool that he's doing this. So he yeah. just, you know, he's doing it. And so let's talk about uh, uh, Autofiber really stepped up. They work with you uh, on a project and uh, tell them about that. Well, Ian at Autofiber, he's a pretty awesome guy. And, uh, and Claude, he actually had some really nice things to say about you in the chat here today. So yeah. you have to go back and, uh, and check that out. But uh, okay. he's an awesome part of our industry. Um, and uh, he's a, a great supporter of, of detailing success. And uh, he, uh, he recently sent out some awesome kits for our, our students to be able to take home with them. They're kind of like sample kits. But, man, he went above and beyond with these things. Pretty and cool so, I was going to bring the kits out, but I'm not going to because you can't get them because it's only for the people that come to training. So I just I picked out you know three things that I love. Naturally, the coating pad. We absolutely. I've always been into the full size pads. So when Ian made this, if you guys don't know, uh, it's a chemical resistance to where the, the the coating doesn't go in to the actual foam. It stays on the surface, makes it really easy to coat. And then these are probably uh, two of my favorite. <clears throat> is his numbered coating towels and this is what i call <coughs> excuse me uh his heavy towel it's a really plush but it's 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 weighted and so it doesn't fold up or roll up as you're coating uh and then this one man nice long fiber but you can see all the the numbers so as you're coating things you can take and actually know where you're at on the towels they come in an assortment of colors so we want to thank uh ian for being a champion in the industry and a champion uh, here with us with our training centers. So, Claude, let's jump into uh, some good questions. We're going to try to keep this. we got about five minutes to go. Okay. Uh, and so we're going to take and keep this down to where we want it real. We can go over if we need to. So tell us, the man before me right now, if, if you could go back 20 years and you could talk to yourself 20 years ago, what's a couple messages you send yourself? Ah. Uh. I think um, think before you strike. Think before you strike, and and anything that you venture out in and go into, because I think a lot of times we wind up backtracking or getting a detour or going sideways because we didn't do enough um, research. So I said, think before you strike. Um, because we, you know, I mean, you know, you even know, Randy, when we, you know, get learning this stuff and going it, we, you know, we, we bumble through a lot of stuff and you can, you can, you know, lose a lot of time and waste a lot of time in life journey bumbling when, if you would have did a little research, took a little time out to just really check some stuff out. Um, I think it would help you kind of, you know, kind of soar through some things, learn from, you know, like the mentors and getting mentors and things like that, where you don't have to kind of be sidetracked so much. You can kind of streamline a little bit more, especially now with all the resources and things that are available. I was like, yeah. man, I, I I wish that I would, when I was young, that I, that I would have did that and I wouldn't have made some of the mistakes that I made, even in life. You know, you know, your 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 startup story you were telling us. So I kind of feel like you did that research a lot. You know, I mean, every everything, uh, you know, I mean, you, you rolled with the punches, but everything you did seems like you were very calculated and took your time to research and and, you know, find out if it was the right thing to do. So, Claude, you know, you've been you know, it sounds like we got similar backgrounds. We had a lot of struggles when we were younger and uh, things didn't come so easy. And. In my early days, I learned uh, uh, I had paralysis, you know, now uh, paralysis by analysis. You know, I, I'd so over, I'd analyze, analyze, analyze. And I finally came to a point in my life where um, it's caused me, you know, I really believe in, in, in research, like you said. A lot of people don't look at the numbers. They don't look at the facts. They don't look at the dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. They just jump off of ignorance on fire or passion on fire. Listen, passion's what takes has taken me everywhere I've gone. But there's a real balancing act between paralysis by analysis and then and then like you said, being a study. And you know, I I'd agree with Chris. I think you've done a great job of studying, you know, what's around you. Uh, but it's interesting that you say that because you know neither one of us are, are young guys uh, <laughs> by the industry standards, right? This is a right. young 
game. Uh, something next is that what, something that stands out that people in the industry need to pay more attention to is that, you know, boy, I mean, there's a lot of things, but is there something that right now that you just see, you know, COVID's brought a lot of challenges on for a lot of people for different reasons. Most people I know are just slammed. You know, they're really busy. Mm -hmm. And I hate the word busy. Uh, other people are really struggling. The industry turned on itself. You know, mm -hmm. we almost went inside out uh, a year ago. You know, friends became enemies. Enemies became bitter enemies. So, you know, something stand out in the industry that, that you wish that these younger entrepreneurs would pay attention to? Um, I, I, I think that, like you said, post-COVID, we're finding, like what I'm finding here at the shop is that we have to be, with everything that's going on, we need to be more sensitive to, you know, for me, uh, I'm on a more personal basis with my customers. And I think that experience, it's, it, you know, that experience pours over, like me and my wife here are working together here now and people come in and I, I'm sensitive to what they're going through. If they, if there's a, a budget issue, if whatever is going on, we get personal still. And I think that with, um, with everything like social media and all of this kind of stuff that's kind of going on, people don't have that, that, you know, we, we can't hug people and stuff now, but people, they're coming out now, they're spending money, they're doing things. And I think as entrepreneurs and business people, we need to be, take more time to be more sensitive mm. to people coming in. Like, you know, that experience, I tell people, like a lot of times people, they come in, they say, yeah, I went over here and this and this happened. And I said, well, come on in and, you know, you know, this is us and they get it. And, and we feed off of each other. My wife and I feed off each other and people will come in. We get familiar with them. It's not just drop your keys off. And I'm not knocking it because sometimes the big box places, they can't really do that. But no. I think that coming out of COVID, we need to be more like, like that humanistic thing. It needs to be, we need to talk and we need to have some, have that interaction, man, because so many people I've been telling people, they say, Hey, I look at your reviews and I don't have a lot of reviews on Yelp or things like that. But one guy told me one time, he said, but your reviews are good. They're like, I'm starting to build them up a little bit more. I might have about 10 or so. And I have some on Google, but when they come in, they're going to get, they're getting that special treatment. Still, they're getting that that customer service, that's always been my thing. Even when they started back, when they started having the, uh, the um, in the banks, the one, the, I picked it up in the banks because I go to the bank and all of a sudden they're putting these drones in the bank, right? So I'm asking the lady, hey, what, what's going on? I said, the reason I come to the bank is because I want to talk to somebody where I'm putting my money and stuff. So I, I already seen it back then. So what I told myself, I said, I'm just going to ramp up my customer service. I'm Amen. going above and beyond with my customer service because you you start seeing it in the restaurants and things like people, you know, they don't know, they don't know customer service. So that customer service, that old customer service and let's talk and let's go on what's happening. It's just not. And I think that that's something that we really still need to do. Even if like the big box places get somebody who's just that person that kind of, takes care of these people and does that special treatment because people can, and, and this is what I've learned. People can take them now, especially post COVID, they can take their money anywhere. Yeah. They're, but they, but they, they're, they're concerned. Not everybody's got money where they can just spill it all over, but they're concerned about it. So we, that's what we bring. And that's what we bring here. at final appearance is like, you know, you, people could take their money anywhere and they can yeah. guys that can do anything. So, you know, it's a great point. Is I, I'm looking at making a, po a possible, not sure, possible purchase, and I've talked to several, um, several companies, and the lack of service right now is all of us. If you're a small mom and pop, it's the best time in the world. Mm -hmm. it just keeps getting better. We had 08 happen. <laughs> 08 made it a better time to be a mom and pop. Uh, COVID just made it a better time to be a mom and pop. Not if you're a restaurant, you know, because you know, poor poor souls. But even then, coming back, guess what? Hey, man, 
good, good, good service is a choice. Excellent service is a choice. Bad service is a choice. Yes. And, yep. You know, I can't believe on how many companies are just offering crappy service. <laughs> like, dude, do you, do, you, do you even know that, I mean, how hard it is to get your phone to ring? Obviously not, but you know, <laughs> people will be screaming and crying like little babies when when the economy slows down and they don't have any, you know, they don't have any business. So I, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. One piece of advice, one piece of advice that you'd like to offer to anybody tuning in today that you'd like to take and close this out with. Okay. So it's kind of like I have, a, I have like a few of them bunched together because yep. <laughs> I thought about it. One is um, building good and honest reputations. Mm. Good and honest reputations. That's what carried me from like from doing things like uh, I, I work. I work with you know with with Troy Ladd. I mean, I, I cut my teeth on pretty much. Hot, I'm a hot rod. I'm a hot rod um, detailer, and we got that. We go back to some old friends, um, Sid and Kathy White. Mm-hmm. He wound up taking me under his wing, and he happened to be a hot rod guy. I mean, I did stuff for Boyd. I remember working in Boyd's shop when when uh, Chip was knee high to a pup. You know what I mean? Yeah. Things like that. And it's led to where, I mean, I just recently did a car for Bruce Myers. I wow. did his nickel roadster that went to, um, you know, that, that went to pedal. So, for those who don't know, a lot of people might not even know who you're talking about is that, you know, when you work for Boyd Coddington, Mm-hmm. And, and Chip Foose was, you know, just a youngster. And so that that takes you back at the level you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And, and and so those reputation have been built over the years. I mean, even our, my reputation with Rennie, these people, every time I'm, I'm here, I'm with somebody, I'm always professional. I'm always I'm like this. And th- and they go a long way because my name got dropped from. The, 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 my name got dropped to Bruce Myers by Troy Ladd. Mm-hmm. And then Bruce Myers gave my guy to, I just I just acquired a multi-million dollar private collection. That, you know, so the reputation, I think it, it precedes you, but building that. And then the other one was remain teachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the time. And every time I get around Rennie, it's like, it's like, it's personified, man. It's like, you know, remain teachable. I mean, you can learn something from a five-year-old. They could be they could be doing something with a little tool. You're going like, oh, wow. Instead of being like, you know, all puffed up and all this other kind of stuff. Nah, uh, remain teachable. And then making this business, we have one of the unique businesses that to find your niche, your niche. And that's what I did. It's not for everybody. I, it's a model that I did, but I tell you, 30 years later, it's the best thing that I ever did because I didn't have to put wear and tear on my body. I didn't have to chase money. I picked and choose my clients. I rested when I wanted. Hey, hey, I just turned, like I said, Randy, I'm going to be 63 and I could probably run circles around half of these cats because I used to hear in the industry, oh man, you know, these guys are 30 years old and they're worn out. Their bodies are worn out. Their backs are worn out. And I'm going like, well, They're yeah. detailing wrong. <laughs> they are. Is they haven't learned the proper ergonomics. They haven't learned the proper services. They're they're freaking, I mean, I, I, I see, the, uh, dude, yeah. You just hit a nerve. Can you tell? It's, 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 you know, uh, 24-7, I sleep, eat, detail, repeat. Uh, yeah, you know what? What about life gym, eating healthy? That's uh, right. Yourself. Uh, you know, building relationships, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I abused myself and probably my family with lack of time for, yeah. for maybe a decade because I just had to work this shit out to four kids like Nikes and, and cool shit. Right. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, but man, I'll tell you, man, you just hit something because, you know, I, I, here's the deal is that, you know, I'm sitting here to your point is remain teachable. I'm taking notes, dude. You're on my podcast. <laughs> I love it, man. I, mean, I love it, man. Sorry, I interrupted, but you hit on something that I was. That that. No, it's. I'm telling you, man. It's it's like you know, and I take like I said, I, I I take wisdom and stuff and things from you. I mean, you guys hit 
you and Justin hit on a podcast a long time ago, and I picked up from when you said about in it, and I and I take stuff in. I take stuff in when I hear stuff from you and other people. But you guys hit on about the the guys doing the big places and the big shops, and these guys are getting two and three shops. He says, but the economy is going to crash. You told us. You said it. It's going to crash. What's going to happen due to all of these things? And I. I would, I would think about that stuff and go like, man, he's right, man. But the one thing that I, I always kept with me in this business is, and because I did it with God, it's, um, he told me that this detailing is a tool. Your job is a tool. All of it, it's a vessel. I'm sorry, not a tool, but a vessel. It's just a vessel. It's a vessel for me to meet people like Rennie and Chris and all of these people. And I've always kept that mindset. I didn't have to have no fame. I have to be famous. You don't have to put me on a billboard. I don't need all of that kind of stuff because I'm just here to be with amongst a bunch of guys, having a lot of fun, sharing ideas. Hey, and I tell people straight up, I could stand flat footed and say, I get paid to do a passion because I'm doing one car at a time. I'm doing, a, I'm getting paid to do a passion. Amen. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> Words of wisdom, my friend. I want to thank you for coming on. Um, man, that was just Thank you for having me. Thank you for having hey, me. Hey, let me tell you, man, those takeaways right there. Yeah, I don't care if you're if you're 16 and listen to this or you're you're or you're 86, is that you you better have taken that to heart of what he just said. And and there's so many things that I myself have written down notes that got out of this. And I'll tell you, if you get to meet this dude, he's a good he's a good man. And uh, I, always, I always enjoy, Claude, I always enjoy being around you. You always yeah. put a smile on my face. It's always good to give you a hug. Um, and so I want to thank you for coming in. Chris, it's, uh, Ian, uh, we want to thank Auto Fiber again for all of their, their support of not just uh, our company and, and what we do, um, great products, but just for being a great example. You know him. Uh, Ian's a great example in the industry. Um, and we just wanted to thank him on this episode. And then also for PNS, they make it happen. So uh, Claude Harris Jr., thank you, sir, for coming in. It was my thank pleasure. You. Thank you. And hey, I just want to throw out too, I made a note. I'm going to go back and listen to that last little part. I'm going to go re-listen to our own podcast. No, so. dude, dude. Hey, it's not too often that you put a spark plug up my butt. Uh, but, but man, I got, you know, I got, I got. I mean, you just hit it, dude. I mean, you just hit it. And so I, 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 I knew you would. I knew you would. I mean, that's, that's great. So, hey, do us a favor. If okay. you're watching this, make sure to like it. Make sure to share it. Make sure to comment. And then anything that topics that you'd like to hear about, send it over to us, Rennie at DetailingSuccess.com. We'd love to take and get you on. Even if you've got a good guest, somebody that you'd love to have come on that you think would be a good mix. Uh, we're building our guests. How, how far out in advance are we now? With our, with our uh, we're 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 getting there. We're maybe about eight weeks out right now. I was gonna say it's a couple months. So you know, uh, so but uh, but put it out there, and we got some new formats. Make sure to watch. We're doing some new videos. I just got a new camera, pretty cool. So I'm excited about bringing that in. But uh, again, uh, thanks everybody. Claude, man, killed it. Thanks for coming in. Hey, yep. hey, Rennie, I got yep. I got to show you. I got to show you guys something. Okay, do I it. Show you something in, in my office. Okay, I have a little office. But I don't know if you can pick that, pick this up. But oh, check that? that, man! Yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm I'm honored. I'm do you honored. see that? I and do. Do you see that? It's yeah. like, yeah. I was like, when people come in, they look and they see it. But I'm going like, that's my that's my man right there. That's yeah. my man right there. I'm honored. Feeling feeling mutual, my friend. Hey, you need to get the lovely wife and get up here and come up and see us, man. Yeah, well, yeah. Hey, come up here. Hey, hey, you know what? And and one of those things, I mean, because I do want to get up there because I have this thing that's kind of like on my bucket list. When I when I was back east, I used to fish. Oh, I want to come to Big Bear. I haven't fished probably since I've been to California, man. And that's one of my. <laughs> come on, up. come on. And apparently, apparently, we don't have COVID up here because all of Southern California is here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Apparently it just doesn't grow at sixty seven hundred feet. Uh, <laughs> you come on up, be our guest. You know we've got a spare room, and okay. uh, come on up, and uh, we'd love to see you. So everybody, hey, have a blessed day. Take care of one another. Uh, smile, and we'll talk to you real soon. Happy detailing, all. Okay, all right, thanks.